Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Mari Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And this episode's brought to you by the Martin 00042. The Martin Reimagined 00042 has a rich, resonant voice with standout elegance. The ornate design of the 42 series adds panache to the classic tone of East Indian rosewood back and sides, a solid spruce top, and scalloped X-bracing. The stunning abalone pearl top inlay offers exquisite style with complex tone. For more information on the Martin 00042, please visit marismusic.com today. Hey, Spoon, what's going on today? Well, if you want more information about the 00042, you can always ask me. It's a wonderful instrument. Um, they, when they first came out, they had the, uh, the same specs as the Eric Clapton model in terms of the neck. Um, but in the uh, what's today's style 42, with that beautiful abalone snowflake pattern that was originally on pre-war 45s. So from the front, it looks like a late 1930s triple O 45. And I, I've always loved that look. And But of course, today it has the high-performance neck, which combines the comfortable modified low oval profile with the high-performance fingerboard taper that is one and three-quarter inch at the width, like the old 00042, but it's only two and an eighth at the 12th fret. So a much sleeker profile. So it's a much faster neck, narrower string spacing with two and five thirty-seconds and uh, compared to the old two and a quarter, and an extremely popular model for those who can afford the opulence of that level of exquisite tone woods with the Indian rosewood and the spruce top, and that level of opulence in terms of that beautiful abalone uh, inlay all over the headstock fretboard in front of the guitar. Other than that, I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I think we're both doing great now. We're going to drool over that guitar all through this episode, and it's a shame this episode has nothing to do with the Martin Triple O 42, so stay focused, Spoon. Don't be talking about the guitars I'm talking about with your half a mind on the 42, and, and if I talk to you later and it just sounds like you're you're just playing this really cool Lawrence Stuber stuff in your mind on the Triple O 42 in Nazareth under the sunshine, I'm going to stop you in your tracks. Um, but it's going to be a good show. I was thinking that we should talk about some hidden gems in the Blue Ridge line, and we can dedicate this show to the top 10 reasons you've been telling people why you'd want to own a Blue Ridge guitar. Would you like to talk about Blue Ridge hidden gems, or would you like to recap your top 10 list with the Blue Ridge? Well, that's an excellent question, but I'm going to interrupt you, and I am going to not stay focused for a moment because you mentioned LJ. Just a shout-out to Lawrence. Lawrence Juber recently performed in Nazareth, Pennsylvania at the Moravian Historical Society at a special event, and I, I so wish I could have uh, gone, but I'm on special assignment out of town down south. And, and a shout-out to John Galella, who uh, filled me in on it, invited me to come, but I couldn't make it. But he did bring his custom Martin OM uh, to LJ so he could check it out. And they got a very cool photo together. So sorry I couldn't be there, uh, Lawrence, but perhaps uh, I'll catch you the next time you come east. So anyway, I've, what I'd like to do is we're down to the number one reason on my list, my top 10 list uh, of why you can or should own a Blue Ridge guitar. So I would like to go over the previous nine in order, leading up to the number one reason, but 
I know that we had talked about doing a show like the the Hidden Gems in the Martin lineup that would be a Hidden Gems in the Blue Ridge lineup. So do you think you could come up with Hidden Gems in the Blue Ridge lineup, like 10 of them, I'll list one of the reasons and you list um, what one of the guitars that you think is is one of the gems of the Blue Ridge lineup. What do you think? Uh, I can't really answer that because I'm still mourning the fact that John reminded me three times about that Lawrence Huber concert and I completely forgot. Uh, wah, 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 wah. Oh, man. Seriously. Well, yes, I know we both missed a great show. and uh, But let's perk up and take a look at Spoon Phillips's top 10 reasons to buy or own a Blue Ridge guitar. Reason number 10 for owning a Blue Ridge guitar Parlor guitars. Parlor guitars in these days refer to bodies and neck links that are smaller than what you would typically see on an acoustic guitar today. However, uh, because of the ukulele popularity, uh, smaller and smaller guitars have become more and more popular. And Blue Ridge owns some, uh, makes some really cool guitars. Um, that are smaller than normal guitars. And they, in their historic series, they, um, they're known as the earthquake guitars because they hearken them back to the early 20th century and the San Francisco earthquake. And I'm not exactly sure why they decided to pick that specific event in the early 20th century, but the, uh, the great San Francisco earthquake in 1906, uh, if... If you've never seen the classic movie San Francisco with Clark Gable, uh, check it out. But um, these are really cool guitars that harken back to the late 1800s and early 1900s when people played smaller guitars uh, that were designed to be played in the parlor. And um, though traditionally, nowadays, they tend to be bigger than they really were back then. They're about on par with what Martin would call a, a size zero guitar today, an O. And so can you tell us uh, what would you say is your first pick as a Blue Ridge gem? Well, I got to tell you, it's perfect timing. BR341 is the first on my list of hidden gems at Mari's Music. When I say that, these are gems that are just hidden just a little bit, maybe really nice Blue Ridge models that just sometimes get overlooked. If you found our earlier podcast on some of the Martin Hidden Gems, the theme here is there are a lot of guitars to pick from, and sometimes a guitar just gets overlooked more than it should, doesn't get the accolades it deserves, and if I'm on the phone with someone or answering questions in email, I think the BR341 is the first guitar I want to talk about today that doesn't get mentioned often enough, frankly. It's just a really nice little guitar. It's mahogany back and sides, solid Sitka spruce top, and when you look at the series that contains the 300s. You have 341, you've got 361, which is the Rosewood version, and the 371 is the dressed up pearly version of the 361. So of these three, it's the only mahogany variant. And maybe years ago it sold better than it does, but at least going back to recent memory, we've had a lot of conversations with people talking about guitars of this size, and the BR341 just seems to be overlooked a little bit too much. And I thought it deserved some airtime. So it gets front and center. First attention here on the podcast, 341 from the Blue Ridge lineup. So, and this is from the historic series. This has a 1 and 78 inch neck width. 
So it's basically got the neck width of a traditional Martin 12 fret instrument. Um, and it has other, you know, vintage features, even though it's got a Sitka spruce top instead of an Adirondack spruce as a vintage Martin might have had. But um, very cool guitar. Uh, you should definitely check them out. And so the 341, like you said, it's the mahogany uh, version of their parlor guitars or what they call their earthquake guitars. And that's a great choice um, because, of course, it's the most affordable of those three Earthquake uh, models. So very cool. So, okay. So number nine, number nine reason for owning a Blue Ridge guitar. The number 10 reason was the parlor guitars. Well, the number nine reason is the Blue Ridge tenor guitars. Like the Earthquake parlor guitars from bygone days, Blue Ridge makes four-string tenor guitars based on the original CF Martin designs from the 1920s. Now, I know there'll be uh, serious vintage experts that will call me on that, saying well, the original tenor guitars didn't have the traditional Martin shape. They had a weird shape. But I'm talking about the ones that went on to be regular Martin models. And that remained, uh, you know, they remained popular and had a great resurgence during the great folk boom of the late 50s, early 60s. I think most people my age or, or a little older will immediately think of the Kingston Trio, which always fe uh, featured that Martin tenor guitar. For modern listeners, these tenor guitars that are four strings and they're, they're tuned like a tenor banjo and they were originally designed for banjoists who wanted to transition over to playing guitar when banjos were going out of favor and guitars were coming in in the late 20s and um, in jazz orchestras and dance, and dance bands. Um, but in the folk scene, they realized you can get this great harmony going with a six-string guitar. And that has found re, uh, its own uh, resurgence in modern times. And uh, for those who are familiar with Karen Hogue, the uh, excellent music journalist uh, with Fretboard Journal and Acoustic Guitar Magazine and all that, and, and eventually got her degree in musicology, she can be found on YouTube, many YouTube videos of her just playing her Blue Ridge tenor guitar that she really, really loves. And so you should check those out when you can. Um, and uh, I think they're, I, you know, a very cool guitar. I, I'd love to own one, and I've, I've thought about getting a tenor now and again, and I would certainly get a, a, a Blue Ridge tenor if I could. Now, you, would you happen to have a Blue Ridge tenor among your gems? How did you know? BR60T is second on my list. I love how this is just so intertwined. I hope we don't <laughs> fall off a cliff after a couple more uh, selections and you start rattling off all these guitars I can't come back with. But yes, BR60T, it wasn't necessarily at this part of my list, but the list has no real rhyme or reason. There's no order of importance or that sort of thing. BR60T, if I'm being really truthful, which I like to try to be, the T's, the tenor guitars in general, really seem to move through our store very hot and cold. We'll sell a few of them in a very short span and then sit on them for a while. But the BR60T uh, today gets the award of, hey, don't forget about me. It's, it's one of those instruments that really doesn't come up a lot in conversation. I quite honestly have to think like when we do get a popularity surge and start selling tenor guitars, you know, in short spurts, we're either the last guy with them in stock or there might be something that 
every once in a great while, the way Google works, there's a big forum post somewhere, or there's a lot of activity on this kind of model. And then we do enjoy being found on, on the search engines when people do go looking. So we don't have a lot of foot traffic in our local area anyway. And, and the people that are uh, in tune with me and, and the guys that I know are guitar players that would call me and ask me about anything we have in stock, it's almost never happened that they've asked for a tenor guitar at all. And I actually started getting into the idea, maybe I'll take one home or at least play one here after after work off and on. I got a little bit interested in ukuleles a few months ago, and I thought maybe I could take that interest and uh, convert it over to playing this. This doesn't help me at all. I don't believe that knowing how to play ukulele gives you an upper hand playing a tenor guitar, but I'm looking at the specs and trying to come up with something clever to say on the on the broadcast. Spoon, how many times have you ever heard anybody here say the nut width is 1 in 17 64ths and the scale length is 22.9? <laughs> what a weird instrument. Uh, it's just such an outlier. Don't let me make you think that other tenor guitars have a lot of popularity here, but especially the BR-60T just... Uh, it's like on the island of misfit toys, so to speak. <laughs> well, I do know you mentioned the tuning. They're, they're originally designed to be tuned uh, as a tenor banjo, but people can come up with their own tunings. I know definitely people who experiment with alternate tunings with that instrument. And uh, some people basically t uh, put on strings that allow them to tune it to the bottom four strings of the of an acoustic guitar. So you can certainly do that as well. Put a capo oh. on it again, and when you're playing in concert with other people, you can use them to get some really cool tonal texture and high-end, uh, shining, you know, sounds. Um, in this case, we're talking about a, a, a rosewood instrument. So you have, you have a rosewood back and sides, um, and a Sitka spruce top. It's got a, a mahogany neck, um, and it's uh, got dot fret position markers on the uh, rosewood fingerboard. So you're basically talking of what could be, for all intents and purposes, a uh, something like a uh, Style 21 Martin back in the day. But um, so, yes, they're definitely un unusual. Um, they're for people who do like to experiment, uh, people who are playing in ensembles. And I think it's uh, I think it's a very cool guitar. So I'm not surprised that you had at least one tenor uh, on on a list, if not all of them, that you would consider hit, hidden gems. They're one of the few manufacturers that make a tenor guitar at a reasonable price. Um, there's some other people who make tenors out there, but they're abnormally you know expensive typically. Okay, so here we are with reason number eight for owning a Blue Ridge guitar: distinctive. Styling. I've uh, I think of the many uh, brands out there that were clearly inspired by uh, Martin designs and Martin look. I think Blue Ridge has a very cool way of giving you things that look along the lines of a triple O eighteen or D forty five or something along those lines or twenty eight, but they're always just a little different. And in this case, they have, of course, their unique headstock designs. It depends on the series that you're in, but they have these designs that are abstract, and yet they sort of are evocative of, of either botanical uh, themes or similar to torches and fountains and that, you know, the sort of thing that you would have seen on vintage banjo, uh, you know, fancy vintage banjos and mandolins or on the Martin models that had the Martin famous torches that, from the 20s. But then you can also get to the very 
classic look with the dots on the fingerboard and the black and white plies, uh, black pickguards, uh, or their uh, their version of a tortoiseshell pickguard, which to me looks like uh, it looks like it was inspired by the leopard skin, what I called the leopard skin a pickguard that was on uh, Tony Rice's fam- famous D28 uh, that was owned by Clarence White before him. So uh, number eight would be distinctive styling. So give us a a Blue Ridge uh, hidden gem that we can talk about its styling. How would you like to hear about the Blue Ridge BR43CE? Oh, well, yes. Remind me of the BR43CE. Obviously, it's a cutaway with electronics, but um, what is the styling of and the specs of a BR43CE? Well, I would consider the styling, depending on what end of the guitar you're looking at, to be very understated and elegant or in the direction of over the top. And, and in years past, especially maybe 10 years ago, you could find some headstocks from Blue Ridge that made people think, oh, that's too much. But the BR43CE, it's got the Blue Ridge script logo. And I don't know if it's a flower pot or kind of a torchy. Uh, it's either a torch pot or a flower. Why do you mash up those other two words? It kind of gives you the beginning of an outline where if you let the artist go a little bit longer, this might have become too much to look at. But it's a very understated. For having a decorative headstock, it's understated compared to what they could have been. There are certainly some models where you can barely see the wood. So this is an instrument where you get a a slightly fancy headstock. And then everything else about this instrument really just is it's less is more. It's a very 21-ish style look or 18-ish you're going to have laminated mahogany back and sides, a solid Sitka spruce top. You'd mentioned the cutaway with the electronics. It's the cutaway electronic version of uh, whatever the opposite of hidden gem is. They do really well, and we do really well with the BR-43. When you take the cutaway away and you, you just get the standard BR-43, that's a much better seller for us. But the cutaway electric version here, it's it sounds almost identical to the BR-43. And I'm not sure... If I'm talking trends or if this is something that's going to be very consistent across, you know, years and decades, I think whenever we do offer a guitar, both with the cutaway and without, at least in our little store, we definitely do better with the guitars that are not cut away. So the 43 CE, I'm sure a lot of people look at this and think, if I'm not going to be playing on stage or maybe that's too, too much of a rock look for me and the traditional look of, of the cutaway being missing might be a little bit more attractive to them. But uh, for whatever good reasons, we definitely see the BR43CE is a hidden gem and just doesn't get thought of as much. Uh, I, I can actually remember not very long ago, somebody asking us about guitars in this price point, and we mentioned a couple of the Road Series from Martin, some of the X Series, and then the 43, both CE and non-cutaway, and they just quickly dismissed the cutaway. So I think it really does bear mentioning that uh, a lot of customers and a lot of players aren't into the idea of a cutaway at any price. And I think that just puts this guitar at a little bit of a disadvantage, at least as far as popularity. Uh, Ironically, you can play further up the neck and do more with a cutaway than you can with the other version. But this guitar just doesn't see a lot of a a lot of attention consistently here at Mari's Music. Well, that's interesting to me because I'm, I'm definitely what you often use the word outlier. I probably will never buy another guitar that that doesn't have a cutaway and i definitely need cutaways and i don't need them all the time but i need them when i need them and certainly if i'm playing with other people uh and you know when i was gigging with uh the, the actor paul yukana jr 
uh, I, I and the other guitarists needed our cutaways all the time, playing sideman, doing, you know, we were doing Ellington and Fats Waller and that kind of stuff. But, but, um, but not always. I mean, we played Bob Dylan, you know, and and uh, you know those you know more contemporary artists as well. But I'd certainly need one for my fingerstyle stuff. And you were mentioning the uh, the looks of this guitar and. It it is interesting because it's an unusual headstock for Blue Ridge. You have the like you said the very pretty Blue Ridge script logo, but then you get right above it what is sort of a flower head with two leaves, except it's white. So it could also be kind of torch like, but very small above the Blue Ridge. And then you get this abstract design, attractive abstract design that you might. You, it's hard to say what it is. I don't think it's a torch. I don't think it's botanical, but it is genuinely abstract in the sense that it's evocative of both of those sorts of things. But it's not very large. It's tasteful. It works very well with the large white dot fingerboard. Um, and otherwise, it basically looks similar to Style 18 um, that Martin was using. Well, really, maybe like you said, 21, because it's got a dark, you know, it's got a dark fingerboard and bridge and a black pick guard to go along with it. So it looks kind of like the 18s, uh, but it doesn't have that, it doesn't have the, the rosewood, blondish rosewood fingerboard and bridge that you would get out of an 18 from the era of the black pick guards. So again, similar to when I was talking about the styling, it is, uh, it's unique. And then onboard electronics, I would think this would be a great guitar for people who need a stage, a stage guitar that want to be able to plug in and will be playing through all kinds of different sound systems. And we all know how, for the most part, unless you're very lucky, you're plugged in sound in the back room of a bar or uh, in a small theater isn't going to really sound like your acoustic guitar unplugged. So for somebody who's got a really nice acoustic guitar that doesn't want to take it on the road, doesn't want to take it into roadhouses, and is primarily going to be playing through pickups, I think this is a uh, absolute bargain of a guitar for plug-and-play electronics with a cutaway, and um, so I'd say you know check it out um, if you if you are in need of an acoustic electric with a cutaway, and uh, so that's a very cool, uh, very cool option. So so that's distinctive styling. Now you're making me want one. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Well, I take checks. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, reason number seven for owning a Blue Ridge guitar: the awesome soft shell cases. Now, these guitars uh, come, and you have two styles of these soft shell cases. Um, but the Pro Tour BV Ten Twelve Deluxe is my choice for a soft shell case. I absolutely love my case. I keep my most expensive uh, Martin that I still own in it. And it is, um, it would have to be a short scale triple O, but this can accommodate a triple O or an OM, long scale OM. And they have a wonderful uh, new hide, N-U-H-Y-D-E, I think is the brand spelling of the material. It's faux leather. And I've had multiple strangers come up to me and say, wow, is that leather? And, you know, and, I, and they're really shocked when I say, no, it isn't. I think officially not 100% waterproof, but they're very water resistant. I have 
definitely have this thing out in the park and it's gotten rained on and it's got, you know, or uh, water coming off of trees and stuff like that. It wipes clean very clearly. It looks like beautiful tanned blonde leather. Absolutely love it. I love the pocket on it. It's big enough for like right now in my little pocket, zipper pocket, which is you could probably fit the depth. You could probably fit three or four uh, decks of cards in there and have room on the side. But I keep my uh, string winder, my clippers, a little pouch with a, uh, sh a small Neumann condenser mic in it. I can keep my capo in it and my string puller. All of those will fit in there. Um, it's big enough for a pedal and, you know, and maybe a, a, a capo and uh, you know something along those lines and maybe something else. Um, the big pocket it's not just a, a zipper with a very thin thing, barely big enough to fit in a thin music book. It's you can put a lot of stuff in there. So uh, it's uh, I'm really happy uh, with those. I'm happy with the quality of the zippers. I'm happy with the nice uh, spongy interior, and uh, I think they're really uh, very cool uh, cases. The uh, the BV Pen Two. The Pro Tour standard isn't as fancy. It's not as uh, beautiful. It's not as, um, as probably not as, as protective, but it's still a, a very well-made uh, case. And so it depends on the, the level of guitar that you're getting from Blue Ridge. Uh, but if you're lucky and you know someone, uh, Mari's Music might <laughs> sell you one because once in a while people upgrade to more expensive hard shell cases. And do you still have some of these cases uh, available possibly for sale at Mars Music? I think only a few now. And that's exactly how it does happen where somebody might buy a BR60 and trade it up uh, 50 or 60 bucks and get a, a hard shell case and then we're stuck with the bag. So yes, at times we do have a little bit of a surplus, but it made me laugh a little bit when you said, I know you just used it as a you know, put it in someone's mind how big this bag is when you said three or four decks of cards and reminds me of those stories john hall would say about being at martin fest and being a builder and repair guy and somebody coming out of the corner do you have a truss rod wrench do you have waverly's i could see somebody <laughs> saying help help do you have four decks of cards <laughs> <laughs> and john might john might um, another thing i'll just say before before we before we close this uh, reason down the straps on my guitar are the most comfortable backpack straps i've ever had on anything backpack or guitars i'll forget i'm wearing this guitar it's so <laughs> comfortable and it doesn't sit up too high of course it sets up above my head but not not like some other ones that i have seen so um they're definitely comfortable uh i really i i'm big fan and and you talk about expensive hard sh shell cases you have to spend an enormous amount of money to find a hard shell case that has the humidity containment of these soft shell cases. They're not absolutely airtight, but they do, uh, they, my humidifiers, when I have to put them in, um, do seem to last longer when they're in these cases than they're in, when they're in something like a guide style case. So that's, uh, that's a very cool reason. Number seven is, uh, reason is the comfortable cases. And uh, what would you, uh, what's your next um, gem of the Blue Ridge line? I don't want to go a lot further without talking about the Blue Ridge BR-63. BR-63, uh, well, tell me about it. 
The BR63 takes everything we liked about the BR43CE, but trades in the cutaway and electronics for rosewood back inside. So being a two digit number, BR63, we have a laminated rosewood back and sides and a solid spruce top. And I don't know if it's just coincidence, it must not be, but some of the rosewood on these laminate contemporary series guitars, like the BR63, they just look wildly amazing. And maybe if you really went back and took a look at all the solid instruments, Blue Ridge builds versus the laminates, uh, maybe there's just a, a cost-effective measure to when you're buying laminates, you can buy better looking pieces, or I don't know exactly where the choices come in, but you can look at some of the stuff on our website now as we're taping this in late October. Uh, this is probably going to air sometime in mid-November. The BR63, even if it didn't look as good as it does, it's just a really great little... It's technically a triple O with Blue Ridge, but they're going to be long scale. But if you took one of my favorite guitars from Martin called the OM28 and gave it laminate back in size and asked Blue Ridge to build it, that's really what you would have here. So it's really another really nice example of understated styling. But the BR63, I think some of the Blue Ridge BR63s have had some of the best looking wood in our store. And when I say this next part, I really do mean it at any price point in any brand. I mean, some of these virtual tours we do on Wednesdays when I'm showing uh, some of the current inventory on YouTube and I'm tuning these guitars up on a Wednesday and I'm looking them over and I'm gonna take some high resolution pictures for the slides. And I just always, always, I'm, I'm, I'm just in, in amazement at the way these guitars look, like the choice pieces of wood you're getting for you know well under a thousand dollars. It's really, uh, I can't believe we're talking about this on a program called Hidden Gems. Why aren't you guys asking me about this model? I know that the 163 gets a lot of attention being solid back and sides, but don't sleep on the BR63. Well, what do you know? What do you know about that? Yes, that's a very good point about uh, how with the laminate guitars, you can get some really good looking wood on the, uh, you know, as the final layer on the outside, the veneer that goes on the outside of the laminated wood. Also, they are easier to take care of than solid wood guitars, uh, as well as being more affordable. When I say easier, they are much more resistant to changes in humidity and temperature and, and, uh, and even, you know, heaven forbid, knocking into the side of a table or something with your guitar. So uh, they're less prone <laughs> to cracking and, and less prone to uh, the ravages that can come from the fluctuations in humidity and temperature. So that's very cool. That's a very nice guitar to put on this list. Uh, what's it, an affordable laminated rosewood uh, Blue Ridge model? Well, Spoon, this has been a lot of fun so far, and I love finding hidden gems. But would you mind if we find time to play 20 questions? Oh, yes. Let's do. Let's play 20 questions. I actually have a special guest waiting in the wings, dying, just dying to play 20 questions. Would you please help me welcome our friend from Martin versus Martin fame, Marshall Fleischer. Yeah! 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 Well, hey, Marshall, how you doing? Hey, Spoon, I'm um, doing great. Uh, Maury, thank you for that warm, canned welcome. <laughs> We thought it would be fun today to have a special guest play 20 questions with us. Spoon, go easy on him, would you? <laughs> Not on your life. Okay, yes, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do about that. So most of our listeners are familiar with this game where usually 
one of us picks a Martin guitar that's still uh, available out there for sale in the world, and uh, the other has a up to 20 questions to try to guess what model that is, and up to three guesses of specific model names, which count toward those 20 questions. Um, normally, the smart guy, Mari, or the wise guy, Spoon, as doing the asking and the others doing the guess, guessing. But of course, today we have the extremely talented uh, Marshall on with us, Marshall Fleischer, and um, who we all enjoy very much on uh, Martin's on Main, or if you're lucky enough to attend Martinfest, uh, getting to see him perform regularly and leading uh, song circles and all that sort of thing at Martinfest. So are you ready uh, for your maiden voyage into 20 questions? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Spoon, which is not very. <laughs> okay, 20 questions are on the clock right now. This will show just about how good I'm going to be at this game. All right. Would I use this model primarily for finger style or for flat picking? That, I will have to say, it's versatile enough for both. Okay. Um... Does this body size have two separate designations depending on the scale length? That would be correct for guess number two. And does the model you're thinking of uh, have a long scale? That is a negative. That's three okay. questions. All right. Um, so um, is the model you're thinking of a triple O? That's four questions. That is correct. It is a short scale, triple O. Okay. Does this model have um, an ebony fingerboard and bridge? This model has an ebony fingerboard and bridge. That's five Ooh. questions. Okay. Does this model have um, a composite carbon fiber and uh, uh, spruce bridge plate? Ooh. That's six questions. Correct. Are we talking about a triple O 28 modern deluxe? That is seven questions and that is incorrect. Oh boy. Ooh. Um, does this model have um, uh, mahogany back and sides? This model does not have mahogany back and sides at eight questions. Okay. All right. Uh, does this model have rosewood back and sides? This model has rosewood questions, uh, rosewood questions, rosewood back and sides. <laughs> That's nine questions. All right. Does this model have a torch inlay on the headstock? This model at 10 questions has a torch inlay. In fact, it is a beautiful torch inlay on the headstock. And I played one of these on June 3rd, 2022 with Maury taking video <laughs> of me. This was at the Martin factory. It's a triple O 42 modern deluxe and I want one. That's exactly correct. With 11 questions, a triple O 42 modern deluxe. Now, do I get one for you know, correctly identifying it within 20 questions? <laughs> That's the only rule we forgot to tell you. If I had remembered that, I might have picked the 0028, but <laughs> you got me. Good work. Congratulations. Tell him what he's won, Don Pardo. <laughs> Marshall, please remind us of your shipping address before you leave. <laughs>
And that's for the complimentary guitar pick, right, Maury? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Postage due. <laughs> well, for anybody out there who's listening and also uh, has um, uh, can afford it or, or has uh, a very generous relative, you can't do better, in my opinion, than a triple O 42 modern deluxe. <laughs> They're absolutely gorgeous. And they sound gorgeous. They play gorgeous. It's my, one of my all-time favorite necks. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Marshall. We really appreciate you being here. You're setting a good example. <laughs> my pleasure, guys. And uh, uh, enjoy the rest of your podcast, and I'll catch you all later. Very good. All right, man. See you Thursday. Peace out. See you Thursday. Over and out. So here we are with my, well, I'm, I think the, the last one you chose, the BR-63, that's a great, was a great option uh, for your list. I was surprised you didn't pick the BR-60 myself, but maybe that's on your list. But here we have reason number six. Speaking of sixes, reason number six for owning a Blue Ridge guitar is neck width options. Blue Ridge has your favorite net width because you have uh, guitars that have the 1 and 11 16th inch nut widths, which are very hard to come by these days. Uh, Martin used to have that as their default neck width, and they've switched to 1 and 3 quarter inch. And so uh, there are only a few Martins left uh, that are available for sale with a 1 and 11 16th inch nut width, and most of those have a mahogany top. And so, but Blue Ridge offers 1 and 11 16th inch nut widths, but you can also get nut widths all the way up to 1 and 7 8th inch in the historic series. So you have a uh, one and three quarter inch in the pre-war series as well. So a variety of nut, uh, nut widths available and you can even go all the way down to the tenors that you uh, mentioned with the one in nine thirty seconds. So uh, you can, you know, go to town when it comes to uh, nut width options. And so that is my number six reason to own a Blue Ridge guitar. And what is your next gem for today? Well, I don't know if it fits your plans, but I cannot hear you say six as many times as you did without saying Blue Ridge BR-60. Well, that's what I was hoping you'd say, because I think that's a, I would have put this on my own gems list. But go ahead, Don Pardo, tell us about the BR-60. <laughs> <laughs> well, those dreadnought lovers out there know what I'm going to say next. Everything you thought that was great about the OM size, triple O size, BR-63 is just here and bigger. The BR-60 is literally the Dreadnought version of the BR-63. So your time is as valuable as ours, and I don't want to repeat too many things that wouldn't make a lot more sense. But just know that if you like the styling and the general tone and voice of a BR-63, but you might appreciate more volume, especially more volume in the sub-register, the bass, and the low mid-range, the BR-60 has everything that you think the BR-63 might be lacking uh, we all know all the stories about the dreadnoughts are for strumming and flat picking. The OMs are for finger style and playing softly. And those rules are to be broken. Just tell people like Stephen Stills, you're not supposed to play finger style on a dreadnought. The BR-60 <laughs> is still awfully versatile. And yes, without uh, you know filling airtime for the sense of just babbling. If you like the BR-160 and the other dreadnoughts in the Blue Ridge lineup, please also consider the BR-60. Well, I see that we're going a little long on the show. Um, I guess I'm getting a little long-winded about uh, uh, our love of Blue Ridge guitars. So here are the, the top five coming up. And this will be a pretty quick one because this is the Blue Ridge warranty. And as a Blue Ridge dealer, 
Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Blue Ridge warranty and how uh, responsive the parent company for Blue Ridge is when it comes to warranty issues? I can't tell you much because it almost never happens, but the times it does, I will say that Saga is very responsive to making sure their customers are happy, and I'm one of their customers as much as you are. So if you bought a Blue Ridge guitar brand new from an authorized dealer, rest assured they are very, very diligent. They want to make sure that you're happy. Long and short of it is you have to send your guitar back to them on your own dime, but they will turn it around very quickly and they will ship it back to you on their dime. And the times it has happened here at Maury's Music has been few and far between. And every time the customers took the time to let me know how everything worked out in the end, literally everybody that went through that process was very happy with it. And I can count on one hand how many times it had to happen in 20 years. But the warranty with Blue Ridge certainly is for real. And it's a very good reason to consider doing that and to consider buying it brand new from an authorized place. So I would definitely give it two thumbs up. And here we come with the number four reason for owning a Blue Ridge guitar, gorgeous tone woods. You've already talked about how beautiful some of the rosewood looks on the laminated guitars and, frankly, how beautiful some of the mahogany looks on them. Uh, I think uh, they do a wonderful job of getting uh, the, that top layer veneer uh, that just really looks beautiful with the banded mahogany and, uh, and the... Uh, and the really, really gorgeous rosewood. But I'm going to, I don't know, this is probably not a gem. It's a, certainly a gem in my mind, but not an overlooked gem. But I'm just going to say, gorgeous tone woods. You got to go into that historic series and look at a guitar like the BR-160A, the Adirondack top rosewood guitar is, uh, is I think, uh, really gorgeous. And I, th- I just, I, I like the looks of those guitars in general. But why don't you just... Talk a little bit about the BR-160A for me. Ah, yes, the 160A, the guitar that was discontinued and brought back and discontinued, and then they declined to admit that it was discontinued. This is a model that basically (laughs) had two or three lives. Saga eventually replaced things like the 160A with the 260. They replaced the 140A with the 240, and they replaced the 180A with the 280. And then without anybody looking, they brought back the BR-160A more than once. So it's a very unique instrument. Like you said, uh, you're definitely correct about the specs. Adirondack top over solid rosewood back and sides. It's an outlier in the Blue Ridge lineup because depending on when you look for it, certain dealers might not have it. Some dealers might swear on a pile of Bibles it was discontinued and never came back. And then every once in a while, we'll feel the same way. And Saga will send us an email. How many do you want? I'm like, how many what do I want? <laughs> we made a couple more. I'm like, you guys are confusing me now. But the BR-160A, we've been a dealer a long time. And that was probably one of our best sellers, quite honestly, up until about six, seven years ago. So I can't blame you for liking it. The 160A has got a one and three quarter inch nut. It's, it's a lot more like the the old Martin D28 Marquee, if you guys remember that guitar, but it doesn't have a long saddle, doesn't have a V-neck. But there aren't that many guitars in Martin's lineup that can compare to the BR-160A head-to-head because when Martin gives you an Adirondack top these days, the other specs on the sheet don't line up at all. So if you like this idea, you really have to give the BR-160A a look, uh, not just because it's one of the best choices. It's, it's one of the only choices and only ways to get into this kind of a guitar certainly at this price point. Now, this also has the, um, the Blue Ridge Banner headstock, which is a, by Blue Ridge standards, a rather 
sparse, tasteful head stockings. It's basically a white, um, basically a white scroll, uh, and with the Blue Ridge logo on it. So it's a, it's unique by their standards, but you also get their version of the snowflake fingerboard. And so that's very cool. And so it's kind of like those, uh, that D28 that uh, Stephen Stills and Neil Young uh, had both owned at one time or another that had a had the uh, aftermarket pearl inlay uh, fingerboard on what was basically a D28. And so, yeah, um, so thank you for bringing that up. Do you actually have, I for, totally forgot about them being discontinued. Do you actually have one of these in stock? As of the time we're taping this, we do have one in stock, yes. Oh well, good, good. I I I didn't mean to like th- throw a curveball there for you, but um, okay. So cool model, gorgeous tone woods, um, as you will find across the Blue Ridge line, uh, but in this case, Adirondack spruce. So um, reason number three for owning Blue, Blue Ridge guitar is the excellent craftsmanship. Whether you're all the way up uh, at the top of their line with their most expensive models, or whether you're down. Uh, at the bottom of the line with their most affordable models, you are getting extremely well-made guitars that rarely have problems. They have a great reputation for having uh, reliable, stable instruments that sound good. They're made at a musical instrument factory that's been in business for many, many, many years by excellent craftsmen and craftswomen. And uh, I, you know, you could probably pick any jam from any level, and you're going to get a guitar with excellent Blue Ridge craftsmanship. So um, I would like to mention, uh, this will be my second mention of, I don't know if this is a, will you consider this a hidden gem or not, but you had talked about the BR-43CE and how it's not that popular. What about the 143CE? I have that next on my list. Are you looking at my paper? No, huh? No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher, he's cheating. The BR-143CE, it's the all-solid version of the BR-43CE. And again, uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I really think the fact that this is a cutaway with a pickup, and you can also opt to get the same kind of guitar from Blue Ridge in a BR-143, a more traditional look. Again, this is just our store talking. I don't mean to say for a moment that these guitars are slow sellers or hidden gems, you know, across the entire Blue Ridge dealer network. I just mean our own experience here at Mari's Music. When we have an opportunity to connect somebody with the right guitar the first time, the BR-143CE, like its little brother, the BR-43CE, gets overlooked. And I, you know, it's it's hard to really quantify exactly why people will do certain things and while they're turn, why they will turn away from one product and go towards another. But our sales of the BR-143 are, you know, evidenced enough for me. I, I think the fact that maybe if, if you couldn't get a 143 any other way, the 143 CE might sell better. It, the way our website works and the way that our customers choose guitars, the cutaway electronic version of both of these guitars, BR-143 included, causes this guitar to, to make the hidden gems list. Well, good. I'm glad because you had mentioned the other one. And like I said, I'm a big fan of cutaway guitars. Uh, This gives you an acoustic electric guitar for plug and play on stage. um, But also it's going to give you a richer, fuller sound from the solid wood. And it's, uh, I would say for, you know, you have to spend a lot of money to get something 
uh, comparable from other guitar makers with a cutaway, solid back and sides and top. And so um, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad we think alike. I'm glad, uh, I'm sorry to hear that people are not that interested in this. I guess in general, I probably in every guitar maker out there, uh, cutaway guitars probably sell uh, less than non-cutaway guitars. But um, I would think uh, this would be also an excellent choice for someone who maybe not as their main guitar, but as their stage guitar. And, or when they need to you play, uh, you know, tunes in concert on a cutaway. Um, so um, that's a very cool model. The number two reason for owning a Blue Ridge guitar, and I think the guitar we just mentioned certainly qualifies for this, and that's the Blue Ridge Tone. There are some people who love the Blue Ridge Tone more than anything else. Uh, it's definitely, I say, different than a, uh, the Martin Tone, but it's still more Martin-esque than it is uh, like any other kind of a traditional, very old guitar company uh, like like Gibson, for example, or Taylor, or so you know those kind of guitars. I would say Blue Ridge is more comparable, favorably, with Martin, or more equatable with a, the Martin sound than it is um, other of the major manufacturers. Whether you're again on the more uh, affordable models, all the way up to what is Blue Ridge's deluxe models, uh, they they are you know. Truly well-made guitars that have, I'd say, a unique sound, but still a traditional sound. How, how do you describe it when people call you up to ask you about Blue Ridge and Blue Ridge Tone? Oh, I would certainly say uh, the, the Blue Ridge Tone is extremely heavily inspired. I won't say they copy Martin, because there are going to be some examples of the Blue Ridge lineup from top to bottom that might not, might not be genuinely you know, Martin infused, but really for the most part, we brought on Blue Ridge as a brand because we wanted to offer our customers another version, a less expensive alternative with a very similar sound. So we do use that as a, a jumping off point. If somebody wants the Martin tone at a better price point, you can look at something like an OM28 and point somebody towards a, like a BR73 is a good example to pick a guitar right now. If you're looking at what Martin sounds like in general, and I know that's a big umbrella statement, and what Blue Ridge sounds like, most of the Blue Ridge guitars will sound like the Martin guitar that they're emulating or that they're modeled after. So you're going to find some examples of exemptions. There are certain guitars in Blue Ridge that don't really have a Martin that they look up to, but something like a BR-73 would be the laminated back and sides version of really an OM-42. A triple O forty two being short scale, the BR seventy three of course is long scale. But something like a BR seventy three, it certainly does pay a lot of homage to the rosewood scallop braced triple O auditorium size. Anyway, it does pay homage to the rosewood OM tone uh, that you get in a tr in an OM forty two. So it's really very very fair to say that for the most part, the Martin sound is alive and well in the Blue Ridge guitar lineup. Uh, as much as it can be, and that's not to say for a moment that you don't have to buy a Martin to sound like Martin. You still do, but it's pretty awe-inspiring how close Blue Ridge can get in certain models and certain shapes. So the BR-73, uh, that's going to be my next on the list. Hidden Gems from Blue Ridge Guitar and Martin Tone is alive and well here. Well, that's kind of a, uh, this is, uh, 
kind of going to segue into the number one reason that we've been leading up to. And I'm just going to mention right now the BR73CE because it's a cutaway <laughs> acoustic electric version. And I'm a big fan of cutaway acoustic electrics. So uh, the, that's another great option. And that leads into both of these guitars lead into the number one reason. And the number one reason, get ready with your drum roll, the number one reason, in my opinion, to own a Blue Ridge guitar is price. You've just mentioned it. You've led into this, uh, whether you remembered what my number one reason it was or not. Number two reason (laughs) I say is tone, because number one reason to own a Blue Ridge in my mind is the fact that they're so affordable for the, what you're getting. Uh, especially when you get up into the solid wood guitars, uh, with the forward shifted scallop bracing. Um, I pointed out that one Adirondack top guitar. You know, you try to find a comparable Martin. Taylor, Gibson, then you get into the smaller makers like Collins, Huss, and Dalton, you're not going to get anywhere near uh, Blue Ridge prices for solid wood instruments. And when you get down into their more affordable laminate back and sides with solid uh, spruce tops, beautiful spruce on those. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think it's, uh, I, it's the number one reason on a Blue Ridge guitar. And you said so yourself. You brought them online at Maury's Music. Uh, for uh, that reason. Absolutely. And if we're being apples to apples here, I do see on occasion a lot of people talking on the forums, on Facebook groups, that Eastman and Recording King are also in the, you know, in the conversation about if you want to get a good guitar at a good price point. And every time we see those kind of things, Lori and I would watch and keep our finger on the pulse. And we ask ourselves, you know, if this catches some traction, and people are just not going to stop talking about Eastman, for example, or they're going to, the recording king thing just bubbles up and bubbles up. We kind of want to be able to be flexible. And if for some reason Blue Ridge starts to wane and Eastman becomes the next thing that just doesn't go away, you know, we'll certainly try it. We just have not had enough reason to bring on another brand like Eastman. And we certainly haven't seen any decline whatsoever in Blue Ridge uh, as far as tone, price point quality control and and believe me we have every opportunity if at any time blue ridge just starts really dropping the ball that's when we would certainly make a, a move and pivot but it just has not happened so in all these years we really do believe that if you want to come to us for a really nice guitar and either martin's price point is too much for you or you could afford a martin but you don't want to spend that much money on a guitar which is a lot of people uh, we still do think the blue ridge uh, is the one to go with. And over the weeks, Spoon's been telling you he has one more reason after another. And hopefully, if we did anything right today, this whole episode just, you know, mashed up all of those good reasons with, uh, you know, several examples of which guitars you should look at. I mean, this list is a combination or a collection of Blue Ridge guitars you don't hear of often enough, and they get overlooked. This is not to say that these are the Blue Ridge guitars that or our bread and butter or keep the lights on. That's another list entirely. These are the guitars that get overlooked. So you can imagine if, if this list, you know, sounds inviting to you, uh, there's, there's probably a dozen or more blues guitars that are just really, really appreciated every day. Like they should be. And that's, it's for another podcast, but this brand uh, talking about 10 reasons to own them. Uh, I like everything you said. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It was fun to do. I know my apologies for the episodes where we forgot to include one of those. 
uh, reasons for people who've been waiting <laughs> for me to get through this list. And uh, but that sometimes we just get too busy. Sometimes uh, sometimes we literally just forget. And uh, but this time we uh, finally got through the list with the addition of some really cool Blue Ridge guitars. So thank you for indulging me with my idea, and I'm glad you actually had a. Uh, you know, enough guitars to go along to fill out the show. So that was good. Uh, <laughs> well, it's been just as much fun for me, and I really did have a good time talking today. And we hope you guys did too. If you find this program valuable, entertaining, uh, just flat out fun, you know, please consider sharing it with just one friend. And please, please go over to Apple Podcasts if you have a moment, if you're in the Apple universe or whatever they would call it. If you're an Apple guy, or gal, please go over and give us a good review. We might even read your review on the air. Joe Mama writes, Hey, how come no one ever gives you any reviews anymore on Apple Podcasts? What's the deal, brah? <laughs> well, thanks for your comment, Joe. Uh, I wish I had an answer for you, but hopefully one of our listeners will hear your comment and become inspired. Spoon, at first I thought he was from Brooklyn, but the end of that message sounded like he was a surfer. <laughs> Well, you can actually buy Surf Brooklyn t-shirts, so um, maybe he's both. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's true. On Lake Brooklyn? So, yep, they show, you know, it says Surf Brooklyn. I'm assuming that's a joke, unless I know there's, you know, I got to say, my longtime <laughs> uh, college pal, Diane Muldrow, the famous children's author, she uh, was living in Brooklyn when she picked, took up surfing in, in late in life, you know, as a mature... Uh, person, she always wanted to learn to surf, and she became a surfer. So they definitely have surfers in New York City. They have to go out, you know, find a beach to do it at. But they, you know, she she learned to surf while living in New York City. So it's just, anything's possible wow. when it comes to New York City. <laughs> well, I should have known you'd have an anecdote for that. But yes, I always picture when I hear surf Brooklyn. I always picture somebody on the East River, you know, <laughs> not doing a very uh, good job of it. But, all right. Ugh. Well, speaking of the East River. Uh, it's, uh, it's time for me to start thinking about stuff I got to take care of in New York City. So, From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs> <laughs>